Hey, thanks for tuning in to the EWB Podcast. Before we get started talking GSW hoops, just want to let you know what's coming down the pipeline. Uh, last week, actor Lee Wei Lan and I recorded an episode talking uh, a little bit about the passing of Kobe Bryant as well as the status of the Lakers. So for those of you who are interested and wanted a little bit of a follow-up to the solo episode I did, this is a really good conversation between myself and a lifelong Laker fan. So definitely take a listen. And now... James. It's a great Okay, on the phone we have the Genio James Liao here, of course, to talk GSW hoops. How's it going, man? What's good? I'm still uh, reeling a little bit from the last couple of days. Yeah, the the wheeling and dealing of uh, the Golden State Warriors. Probably the most active trade deadline that we've had since, uh, I mean, definitely since the, the Curry era. But I, I want to look back and think, like, when was the last time we made trades, like like this many trades during the trade deadline? And the last one I can think of is the the famous Mike Dunleavy, Troy Murphy, uh, Thiago, <laughs> and Keith McLeod for Sarunas Yeshikevichic, Al yes, Harrington. Yeshikevichic. <laughs> yeah. Josh Powell, yeah, Steven Jackson, and Al Harrington. That was 2007, pro- right before the run, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was the yeah. We Believe year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 2007, right before. And then we had that, what, two, 10-2 finish or something like that to get in. Yeah, something insane. Um, yeah. Well, I'll tell you this much. Uh, d- despite wheeling and dealing, what, five? Detroit Murphy. Jesus. <laughs> Team Classic. Classic I- GSW. Ike Future, the franchise, Diago. Um, six Ike, foot... <laughs> long arms, long arms, Diago. Remember yeah. us talking ourselves into, oh, look at his wingspan. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that dude's arms were like down to his like kneecaps. It was crazy. Yeah, but they had no skill. <laughs> <laughs> He was like six foot three or something. Nah, he was yeah, he no, was undersized. Uh, undersized power forward with insanely long arms. So it de- definitely talked ourselves into uh, believing that he was a good uh, draft choice. And I- I'm glad the the Warriors front office realized quickly that he would not be part of the future and got rid of him. Um, but that that's a history lesson from 13 years ago. Uh, we have not had this active of a trade deadline in many recent years partly because we've been a very, very successful franchise. But as James and I have discussed to nauseum, this year has not been the the typical Golden State Warriors uh, season that many have come to get used to. Um, the, the season, for those who haven't been paying attention, quickly took a, uh, a downturn with the injury to Steph Curry's hand and obviously with Klay Thompson not playing. So that's setting the stage for the trading of Willie Cauley-Stein, Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson, Amari Spellman, Jacob Evans, and D'Angelo Russell. Um, and now, before we go into the actual basketball aspect of all this, I, I think a major part of all of this and the bigger picture that listeners need to understand is the salary cap implications. Uh, James, I think you're better in tune with these sort of things. So starting with the, uh, with the repeater tax and the hard tax, take us, take us through it and where we are right now. Well, I guess we should kind of lay out what the actual trade was. I mean, it was Andrew Wiggins for, uh, D'Angelo Russell. 
Um, and uh, we also got, in addition to Wiggins, uh, a 2021 first-round draft pick, top three protected, which means if it falls in the top three, the Wolves keep it. But uh, if it falls outside of that, the Warriors uh, get it. And if it ends up being in the top three and the, and the Wolves end up keeping it, uh, that pick then rolls over to 2022 where it becomes completely unprotected. So that means if they are one of the worst teams in the league next year, uh, they will keep the pick. But the year after that, we will just get the pick outright. Uh, and then we also get a 2021 second round pick with no protections on that. So um, that is, uh, and then we also sent out uh, was it Jacob Evans and Omari Spellman. So the, so those were the terms of the trade trade. So, but terms basically of the big trade, look right? at it, the, of yeah, the main of the one. Big or... trade. Yep. Yeah. The main one that we're gonna, uh, that uh, I'm going to kind of touch on first. So really the goal here from an overall perspective was uh, just like you were saying, from a salary cap perspective, was to get under uh, the repeater tax. So we had to shed out more outgoing salary um, than we were receiving back in. So we were only receiving Andrew Wiggins, whose contract was pretty in line with D'Angelo Russell's, maybe a little bit more. Um, and, and then so which means we had to shed Omari Spellman and Jacob Evans just to make sure that we have more outgoing salary then so that our overall salary for the year is going to land us being beneath the um, the salary tax threshold. So. Right. By, by us being under that tax really had uh, implications for next year and how we spend money, right? Because the repeater tax would, would basically mean we would have to pay triple uh, what people's salary were was if we were over that tax, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's every... You know, when you're in the repeater tax, the tax uh, dollars add up very quickly. So um, if you are able to just get under the tax for one year, like what the Warriors are trying to do, uh, it actually means that if we go back over the tax next year, which is very likely that we are going to go into the tax next year, it is not going to be at a higher multiplier um, that you know would have been the case if we had stayed uh, over the, the uh, tax this year. So next year – we would have seen some stupid amount uh, tax bill, like you know, absorbing a seventeen million dollar contract. You end up paying like fifty million in taxes or something close to that, you know. And then just trying to fill out the roster. Bob Myers was saying in his uh, interview yesterday that you know we th- th- there was a chance the tax bill could get up to like two hundred million dollars if you yeah. were to you know if you didn't duck under the repeater because it just gets so ridiculous when you're like twenty five million over the tax line. Every dollar that you spend over is like four and a half times in in salary or yeah. in a tax. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So there's absolutely no reason for us to kind of stay in that you know repeater tax zone when we're so bad this year. So I think ownership was like, hey, look, this is the down year. So this is the year we're just going to duck under the tax. It makes no sense for us to be paying some stupid ass amount of money. <laughs> just the field, uh, you know, G League team with Draymond Green, you know, so it's like it doesn't fucking make any sense. Yeah. So that was yeah. a mandate from uh, uh, management to Bob Myers. It, it, we've been lucky. They, they've never really had a mandate for us to kind of drop uh, salary. Like the ownership group has been very, very good about letting the front office spend as much as they need. Yeah. Uh, but 
you know, this year was just uh, is such an odd year that, you know, they had to make some decisions. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And you and I going back to the, the trade exception thing, you and I talked about it, that kind of planning for the, the 2020 to 2021 season, that trade exception could come in handy in us acquiring a player that makes a difference. Right. And like you touched on, if we were still in the repeater tax, it wouldn't just be a $17 million player. It'd be a $17 million player plus, you know, $34 million in, uh, in yeah. tax fines. So yeah. uh, it, it was very likely that we wouldn't have even used that trade exception if we were still in the repeater tax. Exactly. Great point. Yeah. So getting getting us under the, the repeater tax plus, you know, acquiring some future assets was was really the name of the game at this trade deadline. Um, Willie Cauley-Stein to the to the Dallas Mavericks got us a second rounder. Um, Burks, Alex Burks and Glenn Robinson to the uh, Sixers got us a couple of uh, three second rounders in the future. Yeah. So uh, all of these things considered, when we discuss the actual bas- basketball aspect of it, which boils down to a you know Wiggins versus D'Lo. Um, Right off the bat, I think all these trades were good. I mean, it's not like we gave up Steph Curry for for Andrew Wiggins, or it's not like we gave up even you know like Draymond for Andrew Wiggins. We gave up D'Angelo Russell, who just by the eye test alone wasn't going to move the needle for us. Played the same position as Steph Curry. We we would have had to make a lot of adjustments for for our team to be competitive. Um, but why don't we start there? What were your thoughts overall on D'Angelo Russell? You know, I think his value also around the league is a little, a little warped. Like, you inflated. know, just the fact that, yeah, and I, I wouldn't even say inflated. Like, I don't know how many people actually think or, or have a really firm grasp of how they want to kind of peg him. Like, what, like what kind of point guard is he? Because, you know, I think if if he were more highly rated across the league, there we might have gotten better offers for him. Like, yeah. You know, just the fact that we only heard from the Knicks and the Wolves, it was just like, I don't know how many people are really, really um, in line with, oh, let me get this as my franchise point guard. And I don't think the Warriors, you know, assessed them, you know, basically uh, at what I should say that the Warriors assessed them the same way. Like, I don't think they thought that um, he was actually going to be a good fit and that, you know, we were getting the free look at him for, you know, 40 games and then... We made the decision, like, honestly, you know, after the 40 games, we're like, yeah, we can pretty much tell, like, that I don't it think wasn't this is going to be there. Yeah, exactly. And I like him, and I, I think overall he he's, um, can be a good player, uh, but the system has to be designed entirely around him. But And I don't know if that is going to contribute to winning basketball games, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, it's like. You know, well, for w- us, winning alongside Steph Curry, period. Uh, it's yeah, not even about exactly. like you know winning the playoffs. I think it's just him and Steph. It's just Monte and <laughs> Monte and Steph again. Yeah, or... you're just gonna get worked defensively. And then for him, he's not really much of an off-ball player, so he needs the ball in his hands all the time. And all he wants to do is run pick and rolls, and then come off pick and rolls and shoot threes. Um, and uh, I mean, he's a little better this year getting to the line, but overall, not a high free throw rate. Doesn't draw fouls very well. Uh, for a guy that has the ball in his hand a lot, that's not good. Usually, yeah. when you have the ball in your hand a lot, it's you know you're initiating drives and getting fouled. But he can't. He doesn't really do that, and he's not really a great finisher around the rim. Like there's a lot of things that you know 
Um, I was already never super high on D'Lo coming in. Um, and the 40 games that he played for us, I think, kind of confirmed a lot of our suspicions. And I think the front office agreed. And it was just like, yeah, it's kind of time to move on because the positional fit just isn't there. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, the, the outrage on social media and also even like columnists and media members in general, like, are still really, really uh, befuddled by this trade. And I, I don't get it. I mean, it, just the eye test, you could tell right away. And granted, you know, I haven't watched a whole lot of Wiggins, but even if Wiggins is the worst defender in the NBA, uh, D'Lo is, is probably a close second next to maybe Trey Young. Yeah, like, maybe, except maybe, Wiggins is not. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, let, let's let's jump over to Wiggins because I think you know the D'Lo thing is I I agree he he's a good stats bad team sort of player and and his his ceiling is to be the the leading scorer on a uh, on a you know an eighth seed basically uh, yeah you know Brooklyn Nets last year basically so congrats to him he gets to play with his buddy and uh, Carl in, uh, in Minnesota. Um, so now we have Andrew Wiggins, the, the former number one draft pick from, I want to say, 2014. Uh, notorious for being a, a, a bad defender, a, a chucker, uh, having a contract that is absurd. And that that's not necessarily his fault. He was on the team that had poor management. Um, how do you see him fitting into this team? Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, – first of all, let me – I think a lot of the outrage is – based on the contract that Wiggins signed, um, you know, people didn't think that he was worth kind of the money that he's given right now, right? Yeah. So I think for a lot of people, they thought, oh my God, this guy sucks. Like, honestly, if Wiggins was on Robert Covington's contract, like $15 million or something like that, most people would be like, oh, dude, I'll take, I'll take a flyer on Andrew Wiggins for 12 to $15 million. Right. Yep, That's not sure. a negative asset. Yeah. They viewed Andrew Wiggins as a negative asset because he's making twenty eight million dollars this year. You know, so but like the way I think about it is that it doesn't matter to the yeah. Warriors. Right. Because even if his salary was 15 million, we're still way over the cap. Mm-hmm. So that 13 million dollars isn't going to land us some crazy free agent because it can't. We're over the cap. So what does it matter what the salary is? It's just the front office is paying him a little bit more more money or ownership paying him more money. Right. Right. So just like, Oh, let's get Robert coming in. And it's just like, yes, I would, I would prefer to get that, but you know, that still doesn't allow us to sign any additional people. Right. So it's just like, (laughs) it doesn't matter. Right. So his salary is just completely irrelevant at this point. It's what do you, what is the kind of player uh, that you're getting? Right. Because ultimately that's what we care about. Like the salary numbers, because him and D'Lo are the same, and it's not going to help us sign anyone else, then it doesn't matter. The, all that is moot, right? So, mm-hmm. oh, it's a bad contract. That's why it's, that, I, I think of it, I'm just like, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Wiggins by himself, like, yeah, I mean, probably from a, you know, overall, like, numbers and efficiency perspective, it's not as good as D'Lo, but mm-hmm. this is also why we got a draft compensation, yep. right? A, number, yeah, a first round yeah. pick from a not so good team that won't be good in you know twenty twenty. That's a lottery. They're not going to make yeah. the playoffs next. Yeah, yeah. so they're mm-hmm. going to be in the lottery. So it's another going to be most likely like a top ten pick. Like oh my god, that's great, right? It's yeah. like isn't that great? Like you get a a top potential top five pick this year and another potential top ten pick next year. Like you know, so it's just like 
I don't understand. Like that's that's a good deal in our book. And then positionally, yeah, Wiggins, you know, in, ineffective and all that stuff. But I think Kerr put it, you know, well yesterday, saying that you know the goal is to get Wiggins to buy into a system uh, rather than him having to be oh the isolation scorer, um, you know, uh, the creator on the wings that they needed him to be in Minnesota. Like when he c- comes over here, that's, that's not his job. His job is not to do any of that stuff. His job is to play hard on defense um, and, uh, you know, catch and shoot corner threes uh, and then get out on the break and run. Yep. You know, yep. we don't need him to create in the uh, first team. Like, we don't need him. Yeah. A $40 million Harrison Barnes who, you know, can may- maybe lead the bench unit. That's the only thing that I would kind of look to him as, hey, if we're going to trade you for, or if we're going to trade D'Angelo Russell for you, one of the things that they said would have been a nice thing about having D'Lo was when Steph Curry was out, who would run the offense? Well, I'm the goal is to have somebody to do that. And I, I think looking at our roster, you know, he would be the only person that would really have the tools Maybe outside of uh, you know a, a better developed uh, Eric Pascal, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I say that you know kind of joking, but really I mean you look up and down this roster. Granted, it's only you know f- five people that can play basketball better than me and you. Um, it, there really isn't that many people who can create for a second unit. So that that that's kind of what the the additional expectation I put on him. Uh, I think for me, like, expectations are low. You know, we know what we're getting with Wiggins. But honestly, like, you know, it was better to have at least somebody here that can play a wing position because they're so hard to come by. Right. right? It's just like wings are so – I mean, look at what the Rockets, they overpaid. I feel like they overpaid for Robert Covington. And uh, they just felt like, you know what, it's just you just have to pay that price for, like, a good wing. Right. And – that's just the way it is. Like you just, you're never gonna get anybody like these wings uh, that are like gonna be impact players at a cheap price. So I, yeah. I don't see it. You know, you and I talked about this before the pod, but by having Wiggins as the third guy instead of D'Lo, it means that at least Stephen, uh, Stephen Clay can be playing their natural positions on offense and defense, right? So instead yeah. of us getting blown out in all three, you know, uh, point guard, shooting guard, and small forward positions uh, by larger dudes, um, you know, at worst, we're just losing the the small forward ma- uh, matchup, you know, yeah. whoever Wiggins is going to be guarding. And, and I think that's a little bit easier to cover from a defensive scheme standpoint, right? If Wiggins has enough length that if we're playing a team that has a, you know, hang out in the corner and jack three pointers, uh, power forward, then Draymond can slide over and guard, you know, your more athletic wings. Yeah. So I, I think we're in a much better position. Um, even if we are to accept the fact that Wiggins is not a good defender. And, and I, I absolutely agree. The guy, the guy falls asleep on defense and really just from what I've seen, doesn't try super hard. Um, yeah. And it's just like, you know, he has all the tools, too, right i mean yeah. that's always been the case with wiggins like he's all the tools to kind of get become a plus defender he has quick feet he's super athletic uh yeah. he has great size at six seven you know so it's just like he everything that you need for him to be a productive defender but he just has very 
like low awareness sometimes and that's the stuff that you know usually gets better when you know you play more years in the in the league so hopefully you know he's at a turning point in his career where he can start picking up on some of that stuff and building his IQ because otherwise you know I, I still like we just need him to be serviceable I don't need we don't need Wiggins to be you know Durant. like crazy yeah we don't need him to be like yeah two-way player like KD it's like dude just just go with there and guard the best wing player and then as long as he doesn't you know tear us for you know 50 then it's like it's fine you know it's like yeah yeah definitely and you know it kind of not not to say that he has the potential to turn into Iguodala but you know Iguodala came into this league known more as a scorer himself right he didn't really blossom into this lockdown defender until later so as long as the tools are there there's always that hope for him to develop it and you know change of scenery might be might be the the kind of the the one thing that he needed, right? I mean, Minnesota was a horrible franchise. Uh, he played along some pretty toxic personalities in, you know, Jimmy Butler um, and Jeff Teague. But, uh, yeah. Jeff Teague, baby. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll see. Um, let's wrap this up with, uh, you know, talking about some of these other players that have uh, that have left. Willie Cauley-Stein, Alec Burks, GR3. Anything you want to talk about with those three? Uh, I think the only thing worth mentioning is GR3. You know, I, I showed you uh, a, a quote that he had earlier in the year where he talked about how he really loved being here yeah. uh, and then how he wanted to see if, you know, he could be here long term. Like he wanted, he talked about possibly taking a pay cut to, to return next year and stuff like that. And um, that's the only one where uh, it kind of like sucks that we dumped him. But yeah. You know, it's like one of those things where, yeah, contractually, it doesn't really make a huge difference. Like, we want to get assets. And the only thing is, is, hey, does this rub him the wrong way about our organization? Or does it, um, you know, does he, now that he's on a playoff team, does he want to be like, hey, maybe I want to come back to another potential playoff team? Not, mm -hmm. not to say, like, I think we're going to be a playoff team next year. But, I mean, you're talking about, like, you know, playing in the East and Philly and stuff like that. I mean, you're probably going to be, like, a, you know, pretty high seed. So, yeah. And, yeah. Well, if if there was any Eastern Conference team that we could have traded him to with the with the hope that he would say fuck this, I'm going back to Golden State, it would be the 76ers because that team that's is true, a actually, mess. That's a great great point. Yeah, disarray. <laughs> yeah. Team is yeah. in complete disarray. Um, <laughs> you know what's funny yeah. is like they they talk about how you know it's it's so strange to see. Uh, you know, Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson, the third, who were on the worst team in NBA basketball, legitimately sad to find out that they were traded to this Eastern Conference playoff team. That's like, but I mean, that just shows how, A, you know, how great the culture is over here. But B, you know, they, they probably hear like what's going on in that other locker room and the shit that they say about each other, like, you know, Simmons and, and Bede and Horford, like all of them have said stuff in the media that like really like is not inspiring for yeah. uh, a, a good oh, locker sure. room. Yeah. Um, and by the way, speaking of bad contracts, you know, Tobias Harris is like set to make 40 million in like, yeah, it's finally, ridiculous. It's like, Jesus. It's absurd, if, dude. If, if, if you... Tobias Harris is making like 40 some million in, in the final year of his current contract, like we really shouldn't be sweating Wiggins making 30. Like it doesn't, yeah, I mean, he's twenty. He's almost 28 this year, uh, contract-wise. And then, you know, next couple, he has three years left, 29.5, uh, 
I did 33.6. So, yeah. um, you know, three years after this one. So, you know, it, it honestly, it's another one of those scenes where, you know, it's going to line up with our window, basically. Yeah. Wait, wait, like, you this, said Wiggins is 28 and Wiggins is only like 24. No, he's 25, yeah. No, yeah. 28, just under 28 million is his oh, contract. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, so it's just like, and again, we're not going to do anything with that money anyways. We're so over the cap, we're almost at the tax line, you know? So it's like, right. even if his contract was 15 mil, it doesn't even freaking matter. Like, right. Mm-hmm. It's just like we're not signing anybody else additional with with that money, anyways. We have the same exceptions. We have all that stuff, so it's the same uh, situation. But yeah, I'm excited to see. Um, I mean, actually, the first quarter should already be going on right, right. Yep. now. Um, yep. Of Wiggins, o- Wiggins game one. <laughs> Wiggins zero of three so far. So uh... Wiggins zero of three so far. <laughs> yeah, it looks like right, Marquis- we record this entire the entire <laughs> podcast. Let's re-record. And I'll. I'll start by throwing out Tra- trade proposals for Andrew Wiggins <laughs> to dump him. Let's do a salary dump a la uh, Andre Drummond. How about <laughs> oh that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, salary just, the, dumped him the just a weird trade deadline. And Dude, yeah, that's the, a straight up dumped him for money. Like, yeah. they didn't want to pay him next year. They were like, okay, somebody else take the money. Yeah. We'll just take some expirings back. That's it. Yeah, the Cavs are stupid enough to take him. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. What is, <laughs> yeah, it just, I it, it, I don't know what's going on. And like, are, do they think that they're going to play all, like, love like love at small forward and Tristan Thompson and Drummond at the four or five? And then like, they're like, we're not buying out Tristan Thompson. It's just yeah. like, oh, dude, you're just going to have two guys clogging up the lane the entire time. And then yeah. you have two guards that don't know how to pass the ball. Uh, it's just like, wow, this is going to go well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. Wow. Um, and Avery Bradley is lighting us up uh, per usual. <laughs> um, hey, final thoughts uh, since we're playing the Lakers. Any any thoughts on Kobe? Uh, I mean, you know, I think it, nothing that hasn't been said already. I mean, you know, I don't yeah. really have a personal Kobe story other than the fact that he just tore us a new one every time we played. <laughs> You know, especially yeah. during those, those really dark years, it was just like, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, just you know, every time Kobe's in town, just fucking destroy yeah. us. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we spent favorite? a good career of our uh, good good uh, time in our GSW career, just mm. like being like, oh, this fucking guy again, yeah, coming over Fa- four favorite... times a year, tearing us apart. <laughs> favorite memory, favorite Kobe memory. Do- doesn't have to be against us. My favorite Kobe memory is the Jameson 51-pointer. Oh, yeah. yeah. So against us, that's always going to go down for me. Because I remember us watching. Because I think Jameson had scored a bunch the the game before, The the game before was against, I think, the Suns, and he had dropped 50. It was back-to-back 50-point games. Yeah, he was, like, going nuts. And I remember watching. I was like, holy shit. And then Kobe, like, egged him on because they just were trading baskets and stuff. I was like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't his rookie. No way that that was his rookie. No, that was year, not his rookie. But, year. No, yeah, no, but man, it, Anton Jameson is one of those guys that like I have no idea how he scored baskets. Like his game was so like herky jerky. Like yeah, and his little he, flip shot. From yeah, 10 yeah, feet. yeah, yeah. Man, I like now I want to go back and watch highlights of Anton Jameson, and, and they're you probably know, like the the most uninspiring highlights ever. Um, just like random flip shots and and yeah, because that's his entire game, and he developed the three later in his career. Yeah. Like when he was with us, he barely yeah. had a three point shot. He was just yeah. yeah, he barely shot it. He was just like, oh, let me get into a you know fifteen footer for a jump shot or or anything within ten feet. He had that little flat 
like it wasn't even a floater it was just a flat flip shot you yeah. know it's just like yeah god yeah now now you now you make me want to go back and watch that game so, uh, that's time. a classic that's always gonna be my jameson yeah. or my kobe memory against us yeah i mean there's a couple of them but that one always stands out for me yeah that, that's funny I, I i totally forgot about that one probably very few people uh remember that in warriors lore but of course losers like us who know the antoine jameson name would would remember that um all right well we got to go back uh get back to watching some uh, uh the ever so meaningful game of uh the warriors Lakers. a tie game by the way right now so hey there you yeah. go and then we maybe... got g leaguers here JTA just came in and knocked down a three. There you go. Hey, hey. Juan Toscano Anderson, let's go. All right, dude. Well, thanks. Thanks for being on the pod, James. All right. All right, see you.